Hey everybody and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Jason Lipschutz and I'm an associate editor and the Pop Shop blog editor of Billboard.com. Based in New York on the other line in Los Angeles is the guinea pig to my hamster, Keith Caulfield. How's it going, Keith? I'm good. I um, don't know what that means. Guinea pig to my hamster? It's just two two rodents, you know. Oh, just just two rodents trying to make their way through life. Did you ever own a guinea pig or a hamster? Uh, I had a rat. You had a rat? Yeah, I had a rat. Yeah, I had a rat. Uh, how was that? Um, how was that? How was your rat? How was the rat and the rat in the hat? Um, he was fine. Keith, welcome to the Pop Shop Podcast. We have a ton to talk about, as always. We will be talking about Hot 100 Fest. It was this weekend. It was awesome on Jones Beach in New York. Had a, had a great time. Talked to some very cool people and saw some great stuff, including Justin Bieber's Long way to come back. Um, we will be previewing the MTV Video Music Awards, which are this weekend. We will be talking about the Hot 100, some soon-to-be hits, and we will... I- I'm excited about this one, man. We have an interview with the one and only Troy Sivan. Troy Sivan stopped by the Pop Shop Podcast to talk about his new mini-album, Wild, which is due out September 4th, and... He showed us some new videos, talked about some new music, and just was a really great guy. And excited to have that on the Pop Show podcast. I love me some Troy Sivan. Yeah, he he was awesome, man. He was he was very cool. New music sounds really, really, really great. So excited to get to that. As always, a little bit of housekeeping before we move on. If you like the Pop Show podcast, subscribe to the show in iTunes so you never ever miss an episode. Give us a rating or review. And, or maybe both, who knows, in iTunes, helps our stats, makes us very happy. If you have any questions for Keith or myself, hit us up on Twitter. He is at Keith underscore Caulfield. I am at Jason Lipschutz. And if you want to explore all of the Billboard Podcast universe, go to iTunes.com slash Billboard Podcasts. That's plural. Keith, are you ready to rock and roll? Uh, let's go. Let's go indeed. All Let's right, go. so Let's rock and roll. Uh, now, you were not at Hot 100 Fest. We missed you out there, man. Who knows? Maybe I was there. You just didn't see me. That, that I, mean, I could have I, been there just not working. I guess that's true. I could have been hanging out and been like, I ain't going to work. I just want to see the show. Could have been in the middle of the Fetty Wap crowd. Uh, yeah, I could have been at the my Samsung way. stage. Yeah. At the Hot 100 stage. Actually, no. I was not there. <laughs> well, you missed an awesome, awesome weekend. Thank you to everyone who came out. During Hot 100 Fest, it was, it was such a great time, and as I, I was tweeting a couple times, that if you saw me and shouted "Pop Shop Podcast," um, I would give You'd you buy a them free a soda. soda. So how'd that turn out? Somebody somebody did it, but it was the one time of the weekend that I didn't have a soda, and it's <laughs> a shame. And the the problem is also that I was backstage a lot. I I, I p- planned this very poorly. I was backstage a lot doing like interviews and stuff. So I would tweet like, "Hey, if you see me," but then I would just be like, "Not walking, <laughs> not around. seeable, basically." Yeah. If you <laughs> see just, me, I'm backstage. These for the next are basically five hours. just excuses as to why I didn't hand out tons of free sodas. But to the dude that uh, that said Pop Shop Podcast and did not get a free soda, I owe you a soda, man. Find me, find me. Uh, right. So, so <laughs> you suck. I I do suck. No, Jeez. seriously. I felt I. There's just this feeling of guilt like pervading everything i do now because i didn't give that dude a free soda anyway justin bieber closed out hot 100 fest with a seven song performance which i really enjoyed and 
I, I think a lot of people really enjoyed. It, it was billed as a special performance, so it wasn't a full set, but it was actually more than I thought we were gonna get. He he did, like I said, seven songs. He did. How, so how long? Okay, so how long? Sorry, how long was he actually on stage for? Probably about half an hour, maybe a little more. So about as long as Nicki Minaj. Yeah. Yeah, because Nicki Minaj's set was, was cut short because she was running late and there were some technical problems. Yeah, which yeah. was a bummer. But but everyone yeah. said that she was amazing, but back to Justin Bieber, sorry. So Justin Bieber, he played three songs. It, it was basically like his performance was in three segments. The first segment was the regular choreography that we've seen throughout from the arena shows. He did Boyfriend, Beauty and a Beat, and As Long As You Love Me. And then... You know, then w- with a total stage setup that he would have at an arena show, and then after that, he did three songs uh, acoustic. It was just him on a stool and uh, an accompanying an accompanying guitarist, and he did actually some journals jams. He did all that matters. Uh, he did hold tight, and uh, he also threw in be all right. And I, I, I really enjoyed it. It was kind of like mature Bieber, I guess, and then. The final, the everyone final likes segment. a little mature Bieber in their life. Of course, of course, he's all grown up. And then after that, he did. Where are you now? Skrillex came out. Skrillex performed right before Justin Bieber. Skrillex came out to help him out. They danced on stage. Justin Bieber took his shirt off, and they did the Crowd whip. Wild. They did the whip and the nay nay dance. Uh, it Skrillex was did with Bieber. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. Yeah. It right. was it was a lot of fun, and then there were fireworks at the end. He did not play or tease his new single what do you mean which comes well, that out would have this screwed up the countdown because the countdown isn't over yet I was, he's doing a I, countdown uh, a daily countdown towards the release of his new single which is coming in a few days i was hoping he'd play like a verse like <laughs> wouldn't that would it wouldn't that have been cool like well yeah just play like one verse i was hoping uh I, I, i'm sure I, you kind of probably think he has something else up his sleeve for the actual reveal of the song like, yeah like you got it you got to figure i Keith, I, I don't know if I told you this, but I heard last week, I heard What Do You Mean? I, I teased it a little tiny bit on Twitter. and What I do you mean you heard some of What Do You Mean? What do you mean? What uh, do you mean? Who's on first? <laughs> Ayo. I, uh, I, uh, I, all I will say about this song is it absolutely lives up to expectations. Like I, For those who have been kind of bombarded with this 30-day countdown, it's like, all right, let's just get let, let's just get to it it's i i will say that it's worth it so well, there's no, there, there's <laughs> all, I'm, all i'm thinking now is fifth harmony um worth it <laughs> I, I don't think there's any way possible that this song is going to live up to a 30-day celebrity hype filled countdown uh, unfortunately there's just there's no way he's going to win here um but yeah. it will be interesting to see and hear what this sounds like yeah, no, I, I I totally agree, and he's in the middle of just. How this can you totally agree? You just said it lives up to the hype, and yeah. you can't agree with me because I said it can't live up to the hype. No, I th- I'm saying that I I totally agree that it, it's a little bit of overkill, but okay. I still I still think that it's it's gonna be worth it. I, I and give it to me, I'm worth it. That's <laughs> that's what I'm gonna say. No, I I totally agree in the sense that, you know, I'm not a big like social media like like huge campaign guy into it. like they kind of it's it's a little bit tiring more than anything i know people love it and it, his fans are going crazy but it's it's just so much for for one song and and it, and this doesn't go for bieber this goes for every artist like i i don't really love i didn't love like 
the bad blood countdown to that music video. It's like, all right. Well, know. I kind of loved Stokes. it because it made me, more people watch the Billboard Music Awards. Yeah, so. Stokes Anticipation. Well, that's true. Yeah. 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 But <laughs> anyway. If I, it works I, out, I, then we love it. Hey. I do think the single lives up to the hype, though. That, that's what I'm saying. All right. All right. Does that make sense? Yes, Am it I? does. I'm sorry to dwell so long on Justin Bieber, this one isolated performer in a two-day Hot 100 festival. Yeah, it was. Yeah, so just a couple other highlights I have written down. Fetty Wap drew an enormous crowd on Sunday afternoon. He actually was not on the main stage, which I feel like was probably a poor decision from someone's part, just because he's had such an enormous three hit singles right now. Yeah, yeah. We'll get to him on the Hot 100 in the top ten in a second, but. People were just there for him playing, you know, all of his hits now, 679 and My Way and, and of course, Track Queen. So he was definitely one of the highlights. The weekend, I, I think the weekend who headlined on Saturday night was pound for pound the best performer of the entire weekend. Just it, for anyone who doubted the weekend as a festival headliner, like all, all you have to do is see him live now. And he is just, he goes from earned it to can't feel my face to the hills and you're just like holy crap like these are huge songs and he delivers them so expertly it was very cool to see uh some of the other highlights jason derulo was like sneaky amazing on saturday like i think a lot of people were surprised he was like the pre the pleasant surprise of the entire festival and everyone kind of knows jason derulo all everyone knows his his hits but choreography the interaction with the crowd the kind of stunts he has he he uh recorded like a everything is for four days to justin bieber's new single because we can't escape justin bieber's new single um it, it was it, he was really mesmerizing it, it was awesome and, and then the last one i gotta gotta shout out little mix who performed early on saturday um only girl group there at Hot 100 Fest, and they made the most of it. They they were really dynamic on stage. Love their new song, Black Magic, which we've talked about on the Pop Shop Podcast. Keith, if you or anyone else wants to check out all of the Hot 100 Fest coverage, go to Billboard.com. We have photos, we have videos, we have interviews. We have a ton of stuff going on, and I had a blast. Um, do, you have any, do you have any lingering Hot 100 Fest questions, Keith? Um, how was the crowd? I, I was reading something about how it was like there was a huge crowd on Saturday. Was the crowd? I th someone told me that the crowd was actually bigger on Sunday. Yeah, crowd was definitely bigger on Sunday. At least they showed up earlier on Sunday because I, I think that was due to the fact that Fetty Wap performed on Sunday at three p.m. Mm. So if you wanted to see Fetty Wap, you were there early, and then you just kind of stayed for the yeah. Nicki Minaj and Skrillex and Justin Bieber. I, not not to say that people showed up late on Saturday, but I do think they th there was kind of I think Lil Wayne performed around like seven thirty. It also went an hour later on Saturday too. So wow. I think that there was definitely a concerted effort to get there all day Sunday for the entire show, and it was just mobbed. It was a mob scene, I, and and everyone and everyone was having a great time. I mean, a, a, all the all the feedback I've seen from the festival, like a lot of congratulations. A lot of good spirits, so we're we're really happy here in, in Billboard land. Mm, all right. All right, man. So from a Billboard event to an MTV event, this Sunday, the 30th of August, is the MTV Video Music Awards. And, and Keith, you're going to be there, right? 
I will be, yeah, I'll be there on the red carpet. I'm not actually seeing the show, but mm-hmm. I'll be on the red carpet <laughs> before the show. But we will have a, we'll have a reporter um, backstage in the press room. So we're technically Billboard will be there, and we'll also have someone in the audience too. But me personally, no, I'm just doing, just doing the boring old red carpet, you know. Oh, you the say celebrity that, like, filled red carpet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you will, uh, you'll be talking to some of the biggest stars in music. Well, and that's the hope. No, that hey man. Let's not on. get people. Let's not get people a little bit too riled up over this. I'm, Sorry, I'm riling people up. I'm ready to rile people up. Uh, I the, the brief version of why I said that so sarcastically is that if you've seen how red carpets work, you know it really depends on where you're at on the carpet, and depending on where we're at, we'll get lots of people or we won't. So hey, is find your- out next Monday <laughs> when you'll see the videos on Billboard.com. Is this your first red carpet without me since? <laughs> I like. Is I, this I feel the like first one without me, Keith? No, since like when? Like the American Music Award last year? Because we, uh, we well, tag yeah, because Grammys and Billboard yeah, Music Awards. Finally, I get to have the damn red carpet to myself again. Yep, <laughs> this will be the first time I've done a red carpet without Jason since last year's American Music Awards. I feel like are are you going to like look around and be like and and feel like a a cold shiver and be like, where, where is he? No, I'll be like, yeah, finally I can not have to share this goddamn mic. (laughs) Uh, Finally, when fifth harmony walks by, I can actually talk to them again. Who are you? Oh, you were so mad when I talked to JLo at the Billboard music Awards. for good. Good Lord. It's Jennifer Lopez though. She honestly was not very interested in talking to anyone. So just the fact that you got to talk to her for like 22 seconds was pretty good. Yeah, it was a busy time. So, Keith Miley Cyrus is hosting the VMAs, which I'm I'm really excited about. I'm, That's almost all we know about the show. Yeah, it's it's interesting how they've kept so much under wraps. It leaked out that the weekend is performing. Can't feel my face. Uh, that that leaked out because I think Tom Cruise said it on some sort of talk show. Maybe the VMAs are just holding because we're recording this on Monday. They have yet to announce anyone except for the weekend performing. I don't think they've announced any other presenters. They're Maybe. gonna they're gonna announce it like. Daily, by, starting by the probably time this, today. By the time people hear this podcast, that I'm sure there were going to be have have some announcements. I I, yeah. I know that I think the rumor is that Taylor is going to do something with Wildest Dreams, her new single. Either well, the it's not video the rumor. Or the on the pre-show, she's she's premiering the video, so oh, kind of okay. makes you so think she'll probably okay. sing the song on the show. But yeah. she hasn't been announced as a performer yet. We'll see. Nick Jonas is also doing the pre-show, performing Levels, his new single for the first time. So that is fun. And Keith, let, let's. I, I mean, it, it's going to be a great night. Let's talk a little bit about VMAs of years past, of day the the VMAs of yore. Keith, what's your uh, your favorite VMAs performance? Hmm. Well, they tend to be Madonna performances. Shockingly, to be to be perfectly honest, um, I think uh, Madonna doing Vogue in 1990 in full like Marie Antoinette drag. Um, with all of her dancers from the Blonde Ambition tour and the Truth or Dare movie. Um, and she was fully lip syncing. Like, there wasn't even a microphone anywhere near anyone's face, um, which is just sort of brilliant. Um, and then the year before, when she had expressed herself, um, she opened the show in 1989. Um, was awesome. Like, it was, you know, the full on light up stairs when her feet touched them, a la Billie Jean, uh, Michael Jackson. Uh, she did some voguing, and everyone was just like, what? what did she just do because Vogue <laughs> hadn't come out and only, you know, unless you were really hip, you didn't know what she was doing. Um, so yeah, those are two of my favorites. Um, but then, you know, of course the obvious ones, you know, 
Britney doing, you know, I'm a slave for you with a snake yeah. or the amazing, um, the instinct performance where they were behind like TV monitors. It was the bye, bye, bye performance. Oh yeah. That was awesome. That was awesome. Uh, you know, when, um, Eminem had like a cavalcade of like Eminem lookalikes, uh, do, uh, real slim Shady. Shady, Yeah. I mean, there's no shortage of amazing VMA performances. Um, and those are merely like one to two percent of the performances that have happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What about you, Jason? Well, you know what, Keith, I, I I feel like we've talked about this on the podcast before many months ago, but I have to bring it up again because it is my favorite award show performance of all time. Oh. Just <laughs> don't be disappointed. No, no, no. I don't know what it is. I don't. I I, I really don't. Two thousand two, P Diddy, at the VMAs. Unbelievable show. He brought out Busta Rhymes, Genuine, Pharrell, and Usher. It was a medley of Bad Boy for Life, I Need a Girl, Pass the Covassier. And it, it was just like, it, I don't know if you remember, Keith, but it had those people on like like weird like pogo sticks. Like, and it was just nuts. And hmm. I just I just remember like there, were, there was this little white dude dancer uh, uh, with Busta Rhymes and I just love that performance so much. It just gets me so hyped every single time I watch it. Wow. Aside from that, huh. <laughs> I, I just love the VMAs. I remember when they were in New York, and this was a while ago, and I just my, my favorite ones were, and I think it were, were a couple years, where Chris Rock hosted. Chris Rock is, like, probably the best VMAs host. I mean, so it's good. Goes, I think it goes Chris Rock, then maybe Arsenio Hall. Yeah. Um, and then after that, it's kind of like a crapshoot. But go yeah. ahead. Sorry. Um, yeah, I just remember, and it, I, I think it was at the um, the Opera House in in New York. The the or no, was it at the Met? I guess it was at the Met. Yeah. Well, yeah, the Metropolitan Opera, ha- yeah. Opera House. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They uh, did it at least twice there in 1999 and I think 2001. Yeah, and, and it was just so, just so prestigious, which is a weird thing to say about the Video Music Awards. Because it that tries to be like the anti prestige, but it it really did feel like just watching it. The telecast was was just momentous. It, it was so much fun, and well, I, I, w- I will say also that two years ago, twenty thirteen, with the whole Miley Cyrus Robin Thicke thing, and as well as the whole Justin Timberlake in sync reunion, that was all that was all very very cool. <coughs> well, one of my um, uh, well, I have actually if, like it's it. I think it's hard to sort of disassociate um, a particular memory or fondness of the VMAs or MTV without thinking of it in terms of how you as an individual, um, not necessarily just Jason, but anyone who's listening, um, thought of MTV at the time. So if you grew up in the 80s, you're going to have a more fond memory of like the 1987 VMAs when NXS cleaned up or something. But, you you know, I watched the VMAs well, I've pretty much watched the VMAs every year since, like, 89. Um, and I think that probably one of the greatest or most memorable VMAs was the 1999 VMAs, which was the first year that they were at the Metropolitan Opera House. And it was the, I think it was the, the 15th anniversary of the show. And the, it was one of those shows where they had... It, they, they were able to really have the staging of the, the Met really enhanced the entire show like lauren hill performed a medley of songs um where she 
came out from the side of the stage. Her entire, her and her entire band yeah. came out on a on a moving platform. Then the beginning of the show when Kid Rock and Run DMC and Aerosmith all teamed oh, up for Bawa to Ba and Walk This Way, and it it was nuts because they came. It was it was nuts, and it was such a huge stage, so beautiful, and um, you also had sort of the early icons of MTV who are still icons and continue to be icons come on to the show and present awards or be presenters of stuff. So, you know, David Bowie was on the show. Janet Jackson was on the show. Madonna was on the show. Um, it was this, it was this blend of the, the then and the previous and the icons and so forth. It was just a great sort of moment. Um, and MTV has tons and tons of great moments, but I thought as a whole, that was probably one of the best shows in total. Very cool, man. Well, I'm hoping we get some more amazing memories from the 2015 VMAs. And yeah, Keith, you'll be there. And if you are listening and you have some particular VMAs memories of your own, share them with us. We, we want to hear what you think. Have you the been to the VMAs, by the way? And I'll show I've you. never been to the VMAs. It's funny because they were in Brooklyn the, in 2013, the year I mentioned, and I was on vacation. I was, I've been to one vma like in terms of actually being in the audience Mm -hmm. i've been to one and that was the 1998 video music awards um that was my first year at billboard no way yeah um and i sat in the very last row um of the the universal amphitheater it was well then it became gibson and now it's been torn down it's going to become harry potter land at universal studios yeah so but the great thing about it was madonna performed on the show she opened the show (laughs) And that was the very first time I saw Madonna live. I just I, back I want, to Madonna. Here's the thing: I want I want you to know that you said the great thing about it was, and I knew the next where word this out was of going your mouth was going to be Madonna. Well, also Marilyn Manson closed the show with the Dope Show, and that was pretty. Amazing. Oh, I remember that. That was a great one. And that- I got to go to the after party, which was at the Universal Studios backlot. And I remember I vividly remember walking past Kurt Loder, who was with MTV News at the time doing an interview with rob zombie and i'm like i'm like standing behind rob zombie as i'm walking past them doing like a live like setup it was crazy anyway man anyway keith let's actually uh change it up before we get to the top of the hot 100 we i want to get to a few of the songs at the bottom of the hot 100 they're not in the top 20 they're not in the top 40 yet but they could be there soon enough that's why we call this segment soon to be hits All right, man, we got two soon-to-be hits this week. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Um, I'll go first. Uh, so my song is actually not even on the Hot 100 yet, but okay. I felt compelled to speak about it. It is uh, Audion, I could be pronouncing that wrong, featuring Lady Annabellum, uh, the country group, yes, truly, yeah. a dance act with a country group with Something Better. Uh, the song actually goes top 10 on our Dance Club Songs chart this week. Um and it's not one of those things where Lady Annabellum showed up on a remix later or Audion remixed a song by Lady Annabellum. It is a true collaboration. Um, evidently, Audion reached out to Lady Annabellum's reps and asked them if they would like to be on this song. Um, and I've read stories where it, it, at first they were like, oh, huh? why are we going to go there? And then they're, and then they're like, no, 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 let's just listen. And then they listened to it, and they really loved the song, and they said, sure, let's do it. 
And so now the song is actually getting some top 40 airplay. Um, it's a hit on dance club floors, and it's actually a pretty cool song. I, I like it a lot. And so who knows if this could be sort of the next weird kind of country meets EDM collaboration, you know, top 40 hit. But who knows? Um, there you go. Check it out. It is Something Better, Audion featuring Lady Annabellum. Very cool, man. And a cool story behind that song. Um, a- anyway, my soon-to-be hit this week is The Fix by Nelly of Nelly fame featuring Jeremiah. And this is, it debut, first of all, it debuts at number 85 on the Hot 100 this week, so it is on the Hot 100. This is Nelly's new single and his first Hot 100 hit since 2013. It's a song that is a little bit of a departure for him, if you are, are still thinking of Nelly as the, the hot and here, hot and her, country grammar, flappy wings kind of guy, but this is more in the vein of just a dream uh, it is a song that samples sexual healing by Marvin Gaye and kind of relies on that Jeremiah hook in the same way that something like somebody by Natalie LaRose does. Yeah. So it's uh it's an interesting little change up for Nelly. And I, I think that this song could actually really connect. It is his 35th hot 100 hit. That is a stat that Keith provided me before we started taping Nelly and featuring Jeremiah and Audion featuring Lady A. These two songs are soon to be hits. Lots of featurings this week. Lots of featurings this week. So before we get to Troy Sivan, let's check in at the top of the Hot 100 where Omi, my man Omi, is is still number one, man. I, you, I, I figured that once Can't Feel My Face hit number one, it was just going to be can't feel my face nonstop, but this is the second straight week that Cheerleader is, is still number one. Yeah, and you know it's actually uh, fairly close at numbers one and two. So it, it appears that The weekend could be number one next week. Um, they're both, both songs are actually, they lost overall points this week. Um, so it, it and I, but that doesn't mean that, that doesn't mean that Silento, who is number three, is suddenly going to be number one. Um, you know, if well, you know, uh, well, no. Uh, what could happen in two weeks' time? Sorry, I'm getting confused because the way we track our weeks now is different. Because the week that we're talking about now, like what's coming up, is for the Friday that we just finished going through this Thursday. Yep. So, um, you know, unless Nick Jonas sells a million copies with his new single, I think the top of the Hot 100 is going to be pretty static. It's either going to be Omi or The Weeknd again at number one next week. But the week after that, we have to watch for Justin Bieber because his song will come out this Friday. Yeah, which exactly. will certainly impact. And if they're, you know, if they're gunning with this huge countdown, then we can probably imagine that they're probably gunning for number one, which means they'll probably drop the music video, the song, and the airplay, everything happening at the same time. Well, so. yeah, we do know that there is a lyric video coming, and the music video they shot last week. Mm. So I would assume, and this is not any kind of intel, uh, but I would assume the lyric video probably drops right around. The I would also assume that Justin Bieber probably performs on the VMAs. Yeah, that's probably that's a also a possibility. Guess. I'm going to guess Justin Bieber, Taylor Swift, The Weeknd. Miley Cyrus probably performs and maybe drops yeah. a brand new single at the same time. Uh, those are my guesses. We can probably have some more before the show's out. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll be talking about it all I next know. week. Uh, but th- there's only one podcast this week. Only one podcast with me and you. And this is my chance to talk about I it know. before the show is on. I know, man. I, 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 hey, I hope Justin performs the new song. I was, like I said, I was hoping he performed it last night. 
but my dreams were Madonna dashed. Forms. Oh <laughs> yeah, do you? I'll, <laughs> shut I'll just shut up. <laughs> Let's do. What do you think uh, she'll do? Uh, some Rebel Heart deep cut? Uh, I'm no. Actually, I don't. Yeah, she doesn't need to perform. It's all right. She's she's busy with her own tour coming up. It's all right. That's maybe fair. Janet Jackson drops out of the sky. That would be cool. Yeah. That would be cool. Performs, w- you know, a no sleep and you know, a segue into a brand new dance song we haven't heard to pimp out the new tour that's coming up. I'd like to. He- uh, I'd like some Demi Lovato cool for the summer performance. Demi Lovato and Selena Gomez together on stage. How about That'd that? Be cool. Speaking yeah. of speaking of Selena Gomez, good for you. Her new single featuring ASAP Rocky it actually reaches a new peak this week at number six. It debuted at number nine a few months ago and it's been hanging around in the top 20 now up to number six also in the top 10 fetty wop just he, he can't he can't leave that top 10 man uh six seven nine is now in the top 10 i love Who's how it's the song is called six seven nine and the song is at number eight <laughs> uh, six seven eight nine six seven nine at eight and anyway that was the the most chartiest joke i've ever heard and i love it so much I, yeah that's that's all i got is like <laughs> I, I wrote an entire story a few months ago when kendrick <laughs> lamar's uh, to pimp a butterfly was number one yeah and i wrote a story that basically just said kendrick lamar's to pimp a butterfly is the first album with the word pimp in its title at number one <laughs> yeah i remember that story and you asked me what other albums have pimp in the title i was like uh, i don't know like pimpolation uh I really don't know. So, so Keith, maybe um, going back to Selena Gomez, maybe Good For You moves up. I mean, it, it seems to have a lot of momentum moving forward. Maybe Yeah, but it's, sti- it's still like like tens of thousands of points away from number one. Okay. Interesting. So, I mean, and it, it no. Uh, right now, I mean, like maybe One Direction's video that came out last Friday yeah, can maybe help the song jump back into the top too. ten next week. Um, but it, right now, it's one of those things where it has to be a song that's going to drop out of the sky that could like suddenly threaten to be like a number one debut. So like if like Rihanna shows up on the VMAs, Bieber. you know, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah, that's true, yeah. man. Yeah. So Keith, we got to get to Troy Sivan, uh, like I said, at the top of the show. So his new mini album, Wild, is coming out on September 4th. There's a ton of interest uh, internationally ar- ar- around Troy. And he stopped by the Pop Chip Podcast to talk about his new trio of videos i i don't know if it, if anything is going to come out there's yet. a teaser that's already out the tease is already out okay for what it's worth i don't know if the full-length video has actually dropped yet but i saw the teaser for it i think yesterday yeah re- just a really interesting concept behind what he's doing and the new music he's making he, he puts a lot of thought into everything he does and he's so excited about this new phase of his career he talked about recording and what's to come of uh of his new music and uh, everything al- along with it. So here's Troy Vaughn on the Pop Shop Podcast. My happy little pill, Troy Vaughn, thank you so much for stopping by no Billboard's worries. podcast here. You, you just, so you have Wild coming out very soon. Congrats yep. on that. Thanks so much. How excited are you? I, I love the, the teaser video that you put out. And it just seems like this is the moment you've been waiting for. How excited are you? I am so excited. I feel like it's one less thing that the fans can like figure out by themselves. As I put stuff out, I'm like, good. I put it out on my own terms without <laughs> you guys like sneakily figuring it out because they're just so excited. So, yeah, it's it's cool. It must be so wild to, and excuse the oh pun. It must be so wild <laughs> yeah. to have 
a fan base this rabid of just people who want to know every single little detail about what's going on. Do you enjoy that because you have that kind of attention or is it sometimes frustrating just being like, guys, I, I need to do this and I need to like reveal this in my own way? No, I mean, they're they're like respectful most of the time. Yeah. Like as in I, I put up like a password protected file, for example, the other day and was thinking that it would take them like a couple of days, maybe weeks to hack like this password and then get into this <laughs> locked file. And they did it in six minutes with like no <laughs> hints. So I was just like, okay, cool. But I mean, I'm just grateful that they care enough, like, you know, to even try. So I feel like you must feel like a super villain sometime. Like they'll, they won't, they won't find out this path. Like, oh, they cracked my code. No, I definitely like sit at my phone, like cackling it when I'm teasing them. Like when I'm ahead of them and I know what's going on and they don't I love it's like my favorite thing in the whole world it's it's unbelievable so let's talk about wild this this new project that that follows TRXYE mm-hmm. and coming off of that which was really successful number one in a bunch of countries mm-hmm. top 10 debut on the Billboard 200 what did you want to do just in terms of your sound in terms of your music what direction did you want to take that EP and and go into for this next project so I think the most important thing for me um just in general, in the whole, you know, in everything that I do is songwriting. And so um, it's something that I'm fairly new to. TRXYU was my first time writing. Um, and I'd been writing for maybe like six months or so when I put that out kind of thing. And um, now I just feel like the writing is getting so much better. And that's like the most exciting thing to me. So I just wanted to make sure that I was, um, yeah, improving and, and feeling comfortable enough in my writing that I could, you know, kind of write a poppier song and still feel like it was authentically me because you know I I trusted myself and I trusted the process and I trusted the people that I was working with enough to to make that happen you know whereas before I would have just been like no this is going too pop I must whatever you know what yeah. I mean and I was so kind of paranoid about getting the sound that I wanted whereas now I just kind of have a little bit more trust in my writing and and the people that I'm working with to make sure that we'll you know we'll get it regardless um and so, yeah, which is about having some fun and exploring things and writing a lot of really, really terrible songs and then writing a couple of really, really good ones, I think. And so, um, yeah, I, I think it's just, you know, it's been a year of um, a lot of writing sessions and I think we've, you know, really, really come out with some amazing songs. So I assume the process was just a lot longer than TRX. Yeah, it was, it was a year of straight writing. I mean, especially with this, you know, really kind of fluid... Um, you know release structure i've been writing up until like a couple of weeks ago not necessarily for wild but for you know just just to write basically and and you know we're just being very open-minded to to this really fluid process yeah and the interesting thing to me is that you've you just played uh, for the listeners uh troy just played a bunch of music and it was i was so impressed just because of how much you've grown now, I, I was you. impressed by TRXYE, and I'm like, who, who is this kid, and why does he sound like he's figured it all out? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so far from figured it out. I feel like I figured it out a little bit more now, but, um, yeah, just back there. I can't even really, like, listen to it anymore, TRXYE. Really? Well, I can. I mean, it's just like, it's like watching videos of you when you were a kid yeah. doing something embarrassing. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like it's gotten so much better, and I feel like um, I'd like to think I've grown so much as a writer and artist and, you know, figured it out a little bit more. Well, what are some things that you wanted to talk about with these songs? You know, I write a lot autobiographically, almost 100% autobiographically. And um, yeah, I mean, there's songs about, it's kind of this weird lifestyle that I'm living where there's a lot of kind of long distance relationships, whether that's like romantic relationships or friendships or family, you know, so so there's a lot of that. And um, a lot of the album kind of takes place in this sort of um, 
Yeah, it takes place with the context of really, you know, missing the people that you love. And um, so, yeah, I definitely explored that. I explore a lot of um, kind of L.A. culture. I explore a lot of um, Australian culture and um, just a lot of firsts. This, you know, this is my my first album and um, I'm experiencing a lot of other firsts in other areas of my life. All right. I like I like that. Very coy. I like that. Um, How different is L.A. culture to Australian culture, like chalk and cheese, yeah, like the craziest difference, yeah, <laughs> like chalk and cheese. I have never heard that before. Really? <laughs> Maybe that's an Australian thing. Another <laughs> example of how different they are. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just super. I mean, I I come from a relatively big city. I mean, it's two million people, but um, yeah. I come from a community of like eight thousand people that we sort of exclusively. It was like the small Jewish community of Perth, and we kind of. I only really had kids from my school growing up, and my yeah. school was like two hundred kids so um yeah it was just it felt very very small town and then coming to la it's just like such a culture shock yeah i i, I can't even and new york i can't even like no offense but i can't stay here for like more than three days i have like <laughs> my brain just fries is it just too much it's like it's overload? way too much yeah yeah way I, too much yeah i can see that it's it's kind of a lot here yeah <laughs> um so you described the video too wild the the, the title track and and it seems so powerful and it, and it seems like it, it touches upon kind of a loss of innocence. And mm-hmm. I wanted to know why, what led you to down that path? What made you think of this story in this way? Because I find it so fascinating. I think the thing that drove me to this plot line um, is just kind of frustration in that every time I see a young LGBT person commit suicide I just all I can think about is the um lost potential and what could have happened if if only a family member had been a little bit more supportive or someone at school you know had been a little bit more supportive and so that frustration and exploring kind of what could be when you're young and naive and innocent and have no idea of you know any sort of pressures from anyone else versus what unfortunately often ends up happening um you know once that pressure kind of once you realize that pressure um i wanted to explore both of those paths and um yeah just kind of tell that story in my opinion is a a very very frustrating one but yeah just uh, tell that story yeah and it seems like you have such a relationship with your fans that this is a message that's going to help a lot of people yeah i I hope so i i kind of want to target families um, a lot with this I'm kind of hoping that this is going to end up on TV in like I don't know middle America or something like that in somebody's house who isn't you know maybe as supportive and yeah. the, the parents are going to see it or whatever and just think like oh okay I can I have the power right now to shape how much of a big deal if one of my kids is you know gay or whatever um, like for my family it's been it's been a good thing like yeah. it literally has not changed a single thing my life is infinitely better because of it my family is closer because of it um and that same issue that you know me being gay could have if i was born into some other family it could have been the thing that completely you know altered my entire life and so um yeah it, just showing that to a family i think is something that's really important yeah being less circumstantial and, and mm-hmm. being more wholly accepting is uh a powerful message exactly well troy i i I can't wait to hear more i know wild's out soon you have new music coming yep and 
the the people are going crazy, man. Everybody, YouTube and Twitter and and every social media. Are there? I feel like there there must be like social media platforms going crazy about you that you don't even know exist yet. I, are yeah, people I, on like <laughs> Meerkat talking about? I don't know. This? I haven't been on Meerkat yet. I don't but know. I hope so. That'd be cool. Well, cool, man. Thanks for stopping by. No, yeah, Congrats thanks so much for having music, me. And uh, can't wait to hear more. So once again, Troy Sivan is coming back. September 4th is wild, and after that, he's going to have some new music, as he mentioned. So can't wait for that. And Keith, are you ready, my man? Yes. For your Charts Dad of the Week. Hey, okay, so this week in 1988, on August 27th, 1988, George Michael hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100 with Monkey. Uh, it was the fourth. <laughs> just like how you, I, I just really like how you said the word monkey. Monkey. There. Monk. Uh, anyway, uh, fourth number one single from his Faith album, following the title track, Father Figure, and One More Try. He actually had two more hits from this album. I Want Your Sex reached number two, and Kissing a Fool went to number five. But we're talking about Monkey. Monkey hit number one from support of a newly produced and recorded version of the song that was produced by Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Um, there's a great story behind this, um, and this mostly comes from Fred Bronson's number one hits book, uh, Full Disclosure. Um, but, I mean, I knew about it. But, anyway, the story is George Michael really liked what Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis had done on Janet Jackson's Control album, and um, he was trying to, I, I think, sort of emulate that when he recorded Monkey, but he, because of time deadlines, he couldn't actually get Monkey to sound the way he really wanted it to sound. And so then he basically called up Jamie Jam and Terry Lewis. It's like, hey, if you were going to produce Monkey, you know, this is after the album had come out, if you were going to produce Monkey, what would you do? And so basically they just sort of redid the whole song, recut it, did new vocals, um, sort of reproduced the whole thing, and then decided to release that as the commercial single. So when they released it and when you heard it on the radio and saw it in the music video, um, the version you heard was the, the version produced by Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, not the album version. Um, so I find that super fascinating that a song became a hit um, thanks to a remix. It wasn't the first time that it had been done. Um, we've actually had a lot of instances where a song reached number one because of a remix. Um, like before that, for example... The Reflex by Duran Duran hit number one off the strength of a remix by Nile Rodgers. Um, and then later we saw, you know, of course, huge number one hits from, you know, Tupac with California Love. Yeah. The original version of California Love on the album version did not sound like the version that we saw in the video much later, which became the huge hit. Um, and then, of course, other examples that are a little bit more obvious, like Katy Perry and Kanye West with E.T. You know, Kanye comes in and sings a verse or raps a verse. Not quite a remix, but still it kind of counts. Um, but anyway, this week in 1988, George Michael got his fourth number one from the Faith album, thanks to a little help from Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, remixing Monkey. You can say that about Taylor Swift and Kendrick Lamar, too, right? Yeah, it's sort of, I mean, the, the, see, that's a little bit different. What I'm talking about, I mean, I know I mentioned it. What I'm talking about is how you sort of like kind of like reworked a song sonically um, to make it sound different, like a sort of a proper, like full on remix, like yeah. Lana Del Rey and Cedric Gervais did Summertime Sadness or yeah. when uh, Los Del Rio and the Macarena, that was a remix or Everything But the Girl with Missing or Tom's Diner, you know, uh, from Suzanne Vega. 
Um, all those were remixes. Um, the George Michael thing is super unique because it's not only a remix of the music, but he actually recorded new vocals. So it's like a brand new recording, but at the same time, it's kind of a remix. It is it, interesting, yeah. It's not a duck. But anyway, there you go. It's, There's your trust. It's, it's interesting when you when you have a song come out and then you are you make that decision like, yeah, you know what? I, ca- I kind of want to try it a little differently this time. And actually go in the studio and, and figure some new stuff out. Yep. Keith, as always, thank you for your Charts Out of the Week. All right, man, that is going to do it for us at the Pop Shop Podcast. Thanks again to Troy Savon for stopping by. Thanks again to everyone who made it out to Hot 100 Fest. And as we said, next week on the show, we will have a full Video Music Awards recap. Keith will give us some good stuff from the red carpet, I'm sure. I hope. I will give you some good stuff from watching on my couch yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i guess next week is probably our last podcast for a minute man well uh, we don't know don't don't say what we don't know yet we'll see we'll the, see the, we're not we're not going away we're not retiring no um, i i'm uh at, like in two weeks i'm getting married so i'm gonna be gone but we'll, we'll figure something out. Um, so we're, fi- we're figuring out what we're doing while Jason's gone is basically what he's trying to tell you. Yeah, exactly. Don't don't worry. Like The Pop Show podcast will still go on in, in my absence. Or maybe uh, maybe I'll call in for my honeymoon and, and we'll talk about the charts then. Your fiancé will love that. <laughs> I'm sure. Keith, do you have any parting words? I don't. Let's go with some California love. Thanks for listening and take care. Love.